Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Um, why don't we start in the book of Genesis today? Actually, in the very first... Uh, I'm going to stand back here a little bit, um, sitting at the ring there. Um, in the very first few verses, I'm going to be able to start in um, reading the accounts of uh, what we commonly know as the creation, but I want to specifically look at God's very first words that he ever speaks. And some of you guys are good understanders of the word and you already know what these words are. But I want to start here today in a place where we can look at his very first words. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in a moment, we're actually going to dive into John chapter 1, and we're going to look at the similarities, the parallels between Genesis 1 and then Genesis and John 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. It'd be a pretty amazing kind of thing to be able to witness. In many ways, nothingness was indeed what the world looked like. But we read about the fact that the, the Spirit of God was hovering above the darkness. And then God said, who knows that God is a talking God, he's a speaking God. The Bible says he speaks things into existence. He says, he, then God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And funnily enough, when God speaks, things happen. Because it says, and then there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. You know, from the beginning of time, God was specializing in being able to overcome darkness. And God could have said a whole range of different things on the very first time he ever spoke into the world. But he chose to be able to speak light. Speaking of the importance, speaking of the priority that he had for them. Then he separated the light from the darkness. Why don't we um, cruise now into John chapter 1 and we look at the scriptures there. And cruise, find John to the 1. John 1. It says, in, in the beginning, his familiar words already, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was God and the word, sorry, was with God and the word was God. He, this is Jesus, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life, look at this, his life brought what? His life brought light to everyone. Not just to some. But his light brought light to everyone. It says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Again, we see from the very beginning of time, we see when Jesus comes into the world, he proclaims himself as, I am the light of the world. And that we see the fact that, that the light extinguishes the darkness. I wanted to do something very quickly now um, in, our, in our service here today. Actually, can I get Lorenzo? Can you help me out for a second? Can you actually just turn down... All the lights, including these ones here. All right. I have my iPhone out right now. Hands up if you can see my iPhone light. Now, we've got our big old light on the screen right now. It's lighting the place up as well. 
But we can see here that the light, wherever I shine the light, has the ability to be able to overcome darkness. If I was to light up my way here, I can see the path in front of me. If I was to shine out to you, you guys can see the light. If I was to hide the light, suddenly, you here we go, now this would be better, we can actually come out and see. I can see Ken, I can see Mel, I can see a whole bunch of you guys. We can start to see the light. Let's play a little game right now. I know you guys want to do this too. Why don't you get your phones out and turn your light on? All right. Why don't you wave it around a little bit? Put your hands in the air like you don't care. All right. Now we can start to see many lights created in the darkness. Now, when I look out to you, I can see the light. And the light overcomes the darkness. This is our reality. So you can put the lights back up, lights back up now if you guys want. We can see that the light was always designed to be able to overcome the darkness. And this is the very light that we have to be able to light up the world that we exist in right now. And it says here that God sent a man, and can I tell you, he still sends men, he still sends women, he still sends young people, he still sends students, he's still sending men, just like he sent John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. I wonder, what is our testimony? I wonder, what is our story that points people to Jesus? Again, this message today is less about a formal ministry time, but it's actually about a stirring of us that we are carriers of light. And it is our story, it is our recounting of who Jesus is in our world, I guess, to point people to Jesus. And just like he did this in John the Baptist's life, he does exactly the same thing in our life today as well. That everyone might believe because of his testimony. Notice here, it's not a special way of being able to talk about who Jesus is. It's actually about sharing who you are to others that makes the difference. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who was the true light, who gives the light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, it's important for us to understand who John the Baptist was at the time. John the Baptist was one of the main teachers, one of the main guys of the time. He was, he was uh, if, if he had a social media account right now, he'd have a little blue tick next to his Instagram account, let's put it that way. He was, he was well known. People were coming from all directions to come and speak and be near him. He was obviously baptizing as well, but he was one of the main guys during the time. And John the Baptist has this point where, where he's calling and he's prophesied over him even before he was in his mother's womb that he'll be someone that points people to Jesus. The Bible actually says that he will make way for people to get to come and know Jesus. And so this was his life. This was his story. And John the Baptist comes to this place where he says, hey guys, I know I'm kind of big right now, but you don't want to follow me. You want to follow this guy called Jesus because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And even though I can share some good things, I'm wanting to point who I am to Jesus. He wants to shine the light. He wants to be the witness so that others come to know who Jesus is. And just like John the Baptist had this commission, had this calling, you and I had the same thing. We had this calling. We had this responsibility I'm about to read, being able to persuade and point people 
to Jesus. He made a way. Why don't we read from 2 Corinthians now, chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11. And in my Bible, the scripture is titled, We Are God's Ambassadors. Verse 11 says, Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. What's the language here that Paul's using? Because we understand. In other words, we've got a revelation. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a duty because we understand our fearful responsibility. Who's it to? It's not to Dan. It's not to Ali. Not to Irene. Not to Ruth. Not to anyone here. This responsibility is actually to God. Because we have this understanding of responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. That doesn't mean manipulate. That doesn't mean trying to twist people's arms. This word persuade actually is if the true meaning of this particular word here is to deliver life out. To be able to live a life out. Because God knows that we are sincere, and I hope that you know this too. Are we, come, um, are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those, <laughs> you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Can I encourage you, always find yourself in a church, always, always find yourself in a group, always find yourself in a leading who has an understanding that presence is more important than a platform. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the Western church, and probably the Pentecostal church, might be more guilty than anyone else, that the platform, the stage, the lights, the moments that we find ourselves in can actually be more of a distraction than good. We want to always be prioritizing prayer over programs. We don't want to find ourselves in special kind of ways and doing church and whatnot. We don't want to find ourselves in a spectacular ministry, but we forget who Jesus is in the process. We want to find ourselves in places where we prioritize the events, sorry, the, the, the encounter over the event. Yes, we can have great events and do great things, but we want to have it to be a, be a pathway to our encountering who Jesus is. We want to have a place where, where we're prioritizing um, a convenience over conviction. And again, sometimes we can find ourselves on, hey, I just want to be able to come and be able to be have my ears tickled and so forth. You don't want a church like that. You don't want to be in a place where you're, you're, you're absorbing stuff, where, where the, the convenience becomes more important than the conviction. We want to be led by sanctification, not satisfaction. We need to find ourselves in places where we're not sort of see the blurriness of a spectacular ministry point. We want to come back to the heartbeat of placing Jesus at the center of all that we do. We're in the process of being able to serve the kingdom. We never forget who the king is. And church, let's be that church. Let's be the church that's stirred up, who's reminded of his holiness, of his worthiness to our praise, and place him at the center. Let's walk humbly before the God, reminding ourselves over and over and over again of our need for him, of our need for his presence. If that goes, if that goes here, you should go find another church. We want to be in a place where we are constantly dependent on His Spirit, 
depending on who he is here today. And so verse 13 then says, if it seems we are crazy, anyone know a few crazy Christians out there? Who's <laughs> married? No, don't answer that question. Um, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, I love these words, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our life. In that particular verse there, I think so often we are fully convinced about the first half of that verse and less convinced about the second half. I'm more happy for Jesus you to die to yourself. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'm still figuring that out. But Jesus says, actually, that as you give up your life, as you surrender your life, as you lay down your life, you actually then find life. And life to its fullest, the word says. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that he, uh, we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ. I'm praying that we will live for Christ in all that we do, who died and was raised for them. You know, this chapter famously goes on to talk about in the later parts of this chapter of being reminded that we are indeed Christ's ambassadors, that we are Christ's representatives. I think we live in a world today where people are really keen for light. But sometimes it's the misrepresentation of who Christ is that actually prevents people from seeing the light. I remember I was, um, must have been 13 or 14, I got my first job, and uh, I worked um, as a delivery boy. Um, I had two jobs. I used to deliver papers. Um, anyone else had a delivery job as a paper boy? Uh, Leon, if you guys here. Um, it'd be the worst job because you'd work like six hours and you'd literally get about 15 bucks at the end of it. You're like, this is slave labor, absolutely. Um, but I, I did it for like two or three years and I was able to save up money. And I, I came from a family that didn't necessarily have heaps of money back in the day. And so... Um, even though Kmart's kind of cool now these days, back in my day, Kmart was not cool, okay? And so, you know, I was always the kind of kid that really wanted to have some of the brands and whatnot. But mum said, I said, like, we're not going to be able to pay for that stuff unless you go get a job. So, all right, and I get a job. And so the only job I could get at the time was a paper run. And so when I got the paper run and um, worked for a while, and then I thought to myself, fantastic, I've got a bit of money now. I can actually go and buy some of the clothes that I want to buy. And so I went to Parkley Markets. Anyone been to Parkley Markets beforehand? Parkley Markets, mate, it's the best place. Um, nothing is authentic at all. Um, everything's fake, but certainly it was pretty cool. And so I went through the, the clothes shop area and um, I found an Adidas t-shirt. I thought, fantastic, I'm going to go buy this Adidas t-shirt. It was blue, it had a big Adidas sign on the front of it. I brought it home and um, we had like a school mufti day or something like that that I wore it to. I thought, fantastic, I'm not the kid from Kmart, I'm the kid that's now sponsored by Adidas, this is the best. And... Um, I wore it to this Mufti day um, only to be sort of made aware on the day that actually, Dan, you weren't wearing an Adidas T-shirt, you were wearing an Hash T-shirt. <laughs> and so this particular T-shirt had the marijuana symbol, not the actual Adidas symbol. And um, I thought, praise God, all glory to him. Um, and I was a walking advertisement for marijuana that day. Um, it was a misrepresentation 
of the brand of Adidas. And trust me, you can still go to um, Puffy and Marcus right now. You can see a whole range of different kind of things you can buy from there. It's fantastic. We've got to find ourselves representing Jesus the way that the Word says. Otherwise, we find ourselves in places where the version that people get is so far away from what his intention was, it actually confuses the world more than actually helps them. It's why we desperately need the fruit of the Spirit. It's why we desperately need to have the living Word of God living in and through us so that we can indeed go out and do what we're talking about today and shine His goodness and shine His glory. Why don't we move now to Matthew chapter 5. Actually, I might open up my laptop. If there's a scripture that I was sort of basing this little series on, it's from Matthew 5. Again, a very well-known scripture. A scripture that is... Um, it's actually a scripture that Jesus has just finished preaching to the people, his very first message of Sermon on the Mount. Most of us will know about that. And he's just finished speaking about the, the, the Beatitudes. Um, if you want to know how to live your life in a very upside-down way, what I mean by that is that an upside-down kingdom of... It's actually very much different to the world's way. You read through the Beatitude, it's totally different to the messages the world is speaking about right now. And so he goes along and says, this is how I want you to be able to live your life. And the very next thing he says, you're the salt of the world. Then he goes and says, secondly, you're the light of the world. Again, think about this. Jesus has been taking 30 years to get to a place where he was preparing for his sermon. It's probably a pretty good sermon. <laughs> he's had 30 years of preparation for it. He's just gone through and he's been baptized. And by the way, actually, um, baptism's taking place on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And so if you need to be baptized or want to be baptized, come and let me know. Come and let Mel know. Come and let one of the guys know. Connect, let your connect group leader know. We'd love to be able to see baptism taking place on Sunday, um, on, on Easter Sunday. But Jesus had just been baptized. He's just been anointed. Um, he's actually just gone and spent... 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted. Um, and even that, just think about this for a second. He's had 30 years of preparation time, but the very first thing that happens is test, he's tested on it. He receives the anointing. And says the, the Bible says that the Spirit of God came down on him like a dove. He was anointed, and the very first thing happens is he finds himself in a place where he's then tested. Never underestimate the power of, as you step into new seasons, the testing that can come as a result of that. That's off the topic there. Um, we find ourselves, then he, he calls the 12. He then has a moment where he then gathers people around. He shares the Beatitudes. And then he goes into this place where he then shares about the fact that we are indeed the salt and the light of the world. And it says here that Matthew 5, verses 14 and 16 says, You are the light of the world. Today, I'm telling you, you guys are the light of the world. Lauren Henderson, you're the light of the world. Hugh Renshaw, you're the light of the world. Um, Craig, you're the light of the world. Tara, you're the light of the world. P.S. Great leading, by the way, this morning, Tara. You guys are the light of the world. Tell the person next to you, you're the light of the world. Tell the other person now you ignored first, you're the light of the world. We are the light of the world, church. We're going to remind ourselves of this. What does that mean? We've got light to shine. 
Just like God called out from the very beginning of the day, he says, you, I'm going to create light, I'm going to overcome darkness. Jesus then comes into the world. He's going to overcome darkness. We're then given the same spirit that lives in Jesus into us. We are then the light of the world. We're the light of the world. And it says, a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Again, when I, when I think about this word, city lights, this is where the scriptures come from. That we are indeed like a city on a hill. It cannot be hidden. The church was never intended to be hidden. But so often we do that in our own world, right? Hey, what did you do on weekends? Oh, I did this, that, and that. And then I did something on Sunday morning. Then <laughs> It's not intended to be hidden. I'm not too sure if you've ever been uh, flying at night time. <coughs> flying at night. I mean, I, um, I remember one of the very first times I was flying. And I was, um, I was actually going over um, Saudi Arabia, out of all places. And I remember flying in at night time. Everything was pitch black. Everything. And then in the distance, and you look out the window, you can start to see the city lights. Anyone ever been in that moment where you can look out the window, you can see the city lights? It's spectacular. You see all the grid lines and the and the um, all the all the, all the lights from the, from the city. It's spectacular, and uh, I remember thinking to myself, man, out of nowhere, because there was all the desert and aridness around the place, but these city lights it stood out. And this is what the church is called to be. This is what we're called to be as well. It says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds... Everyone say good deeds. I like how the message version puts this. The message version says, be generous with your life. Be generous with your life. I think sometimes we get too busy for our own good where we're just chasing our tail so much that we don't have the opportunity to be generous with our life. I think... um, I think about the early church, actually. And Ali preached so wonderfully well yesterday about Peter, last week about Peter. And Peter then went and spoke and, and, and saw the very first preaching take place. And on the rock, the church was birthed. And um, when we read about Acts 2, we see that 3,000 people came into, um, into the church at that particular time. And we look at how the church was birthed, the, 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 the patterns. We see the gospel was central but then the other thing we see at the back end of chapter 2 of our of Acts is that the thing they had was generosity. So along with the gospel, it was generosity that indeed saw the church grow and saw the church birth in from early days. You know, I think to myself about this. I think that um, before we had stages, before we had bands, before we had lights, before we had all the things that we have in this kind of great auditorium that we have, the early church had generosity. And they had their life to be able to be generous with. I wonder, in a world that is constantly taking, we can be known for what we give. Let me say that again. In a world that's constantly taking, I wonder if we can be known for what we give. So it says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You are the light of the world. You are. You're the light of the world. 
Who knows? And I mentioned this with Hannah beforehand. There are different kinds of lights. There's big ones, small ones. Ooh, here we go. There's different kinds of lights. You know, the purpose of light, the purpose of light is always to overcome the darkness. Number one. Number two, the purpose of light is to show the way. The purpose of life, light, is to be able to give light. So sometimes when I ask questions about, well, how do we shine the light? And I want to be able to be super practical for us here today. How do we shine the light? We mentioned beforehand. Number one, be generous. And even around this, we're going to have some different lights that are going to come up to be able to shine and show the different kinds of light that can exist. So number one, be generous. Be generous with our word. Be generous with money. Be generous with time. Number two, let's practice being selfless. Practice being selfless. Put others first. Consider how you can surrender to elevate someone else. Number three, gratitude. I'm not too sure if there's many more things that breed darkness more than entitlement. If we can find ourselves being grateful, that lights up a room like very few other things. Number four, present, be present. There is such a powerful notion about being present in someone's life. I'm not too sure about you, but there's been people in my life who have rocked up, who have been present in good times and in hard times, and those moments I will never, ever forget. Be present in people's worlds. Number five, forgiveness. Be quick to forgive. In a world that promotes revenge, be quick to be able to forgive. Number six, your language. Be one that speaks of honour. Be one that shuts down gossip. Be one that shines a different kind of light when it comes to our language. Number seven, our hospitality. Oh, I like a bit of flashing lights back there now. I did say Lorenzo. If I see any blue and yellow lights popping up like Parramatta Eels, then... Actually, Shane Neves, that, that, that shirt of yours is unbelievable today. So... I think, how does, how does someone, someone, someone so anointed like your daughter worship the Lord and yet comes from a South Sydney fan household? <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. What number are we up to? Number seven, I think. Um, <laughs> forgiveness. That's right. Forgiveness. That's right. <laughs> number seven, hospitality. Again, like this word says, open up your life. My encouragement is before you invite someone to church, invite them to your home. Invite them into your life. Again, we've become so protective and so closed off that we actually prevent people from being able to come into our world a little bit. I'm not saying air every single part of your life, but what I am saying, you've got to be able to open up a little bit of who you are so that people can actually see your testimony that John speaks about. Number eight, joy. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit that draws others to Jesus. Don't forget you've got a smile on your face, not just a frown. <laughs> kindness. I think one of the greatest things that we can do for others is random acts of kindness. I can't even remember what it was for. I might have been sick. There might have been something happening in our home. I'm not even too sure. I'll never forget something like a Patricia Lou. Where's Patricia here today? I've seen her today somewhere. There she is over there. Um, unannounced almost. She came and she brought a beautiful Chinese meal to our door. And she was such this kindness that she's shown 
she got up and demonstrated was something I'll never, ever forget, but show kindness in what we do. Encouragement. Encouragement literally means put courage into others. Put courage into others. Number 11, be your friends. Be your friends. We live in a pretty lonely world today. Now, often to, be a, to receive friendship, we need to be a friend first. Be on the front foot of friendship. You know, I've, I read a, a sobering fact for our pastor the other day. <laughs> um, it was McCrindle Research, and I was talking about reasons people come to church but then stay in church. And so often it's not about the preacher. <laughs> it's not about the sermon. It's actually not necessarily even about the worship. Um, it's about their ability to connect with the person next to them. We've got a responsibility, church. And I want to put it out to you guys. We need to own this. We need to make responsibility in this. Sometimes we can be in church for a long time without ever saying hello to the next person next to us. Break free of that. Let's be on the front foot. Uh, number 12, faithfulness. Let your word be true. Well, we've made the uh, lights into this area right now. Number 13, pray. Pray for your friends. Pray for our city. Pray for our, our politicians. When I voted yesterday, and whether you voted blue, whether you voted red, whether you voted green, whether you voted orange, whatever colour you voted yesterday, we've got a responsibility. Let's pray for our leaders. Lift them up here today. But pray. Number 14. Be a distributor of peace. Be a distributor of peace. Our world is gripped by fear and anxiety today. If we can be a carrier of peace, it makes all the difference. Number 15. I've written this one here where, in so many ways, it's so true but so simple. Just don't be a jerk. (laughs) Pretty spiritual, right? Right now we have all the lights lit up and the light of the world definitely shines bright when we all do our part. I'll just read out 14 or 15 different examples of how we can shine and some will come more natural than others. And we're not perfect at it at all. This is where I want to actually pray for the Holy Spirit to help us. To lead us, to guide us, to point, help point people to Jesus. I remember growing up, we had a... a Sunday school song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. I feel like we should break out in the chorus right now. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, there's three thoughts to how we can reach our world around us. That's through prayer, care, and share. Prayer, care, and share. What's that mean? We can be praying for one. In a moment, I'm going to pray for our church and I want you to be praying for at least one person in your world that doesn't know Jesus right now. And for us to be reminded of our need to be praying for those around us. To care. Some of those things beforehand is actually caring. Hospitality, generosity, forgiveness, um, kindness, encouragement, joy. That's caring for our world around us. And last of all, share. Next week, I want to speak on this topic of how to share your faith. And before you think, oh, I'm not an evangelist, Dan. I'm, 
that have the right kind of words to use. It's actually less about what comes out of your mouth and it's who we live our life for. And what encourages the church, let's be that church. Let's be the church that shines bright into our world. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.